anybody there? Yeah, right here. Hey, man. How's it going, man? Good, good. Ready for round two? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, the girl's in her crate. I took her for a walk like an hour ago and then took her for took her out again before coming. <laughs> Hey, man, uh, I appreciate the accommodation. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course, of course, of course. Let's go back to the beginning, right? Let's go back to when you first started getting into music. What what was the first time that you remember being like, this is what I want. This is the thing that I'm really interested in doing. It was when I was 13, because uh, prior to that, my parents started me in piano lessons at uh, eight or nine i forget i keep forgetting what what age it is because it's all some sometime between 2000 2001 uh so i used to remember hating hating going doing the practicing piano every day mm. and and eventually uh when i when i turned 13 i started getting getting a little better playing better playing more interesting stuff and uh i think when what really got me wanted to play piano was uh play this rendition of Schindler's List a piano reduction. Oh, okay. And ever since then and ever since then I was like taking a bit more of an interest into uh, music but not completely. And it wasn't until I was taking piano lessons a bit more seriously. So uh after like a month of starting with this new uh of starting to play like actual stuff that people out out enjoy, I was like this is what I want to do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I said, so I said, wait for about four or five years into uh, playing classical music. I wanted to get into uh, classical piano performance, playing the, all this mm-hmm. difficult repertoire. And it just got to the point where I was practicing six to eight hours a day locked in a room. Ooh. Yeah. Or some, something, <laughs> like, something like that. And, and coupled with that, I was also homeschooled. So I wasn't getting a social life either way. So come college, what happened was I was trying to make a little bit of money. I was still living at home. So I had it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I got this note from my mom saying uh, this dude who lived like a, down the street needed someone to help him out. And turns out he was a filmmaker. And this is like the first time I got exposed to actually writing music for film. Mm-hmm. And he, he, paid, he paid me an hourly, an hourly rate. And uh Basically, we were doing random stuff, but the stuff that really got that started the screen the screen music writing was uh, he sat me at his computer. He had all this music equipment that he didn't know how to use, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Here, write music to it." And wow. I didn't. Know. So so he had so he had um, he had all this equipment, and I was like, "Oh shit, how do I use this?" He's like, "I want you to be an expert at this when." eventually and so he just uh put some random choir patches and string patches and all i would do is just like because i didn't know how to, i didn't know how to imp- i didn't know how to improvise at all oh. so i was just like so at that time i was like yeah 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 just coming up with yeah. whatever was a, yeah yeah, yeah. You can hear the strings in here right a little bit yeah yeah so i was just like no joke just like <laughs> just like just like that just playing absolute shit oh man and uh and he and he was like play 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 make something make a masterpiece make a masterpiece and i was like wow. uh, all right that's so that's how that that was my first exposition into writing music oh i'm sorry to hear that it's fine it's fine 
Did you feel like like going through that initially, like having that your first actual creative conversation with somebody that you were like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to co- collaborate with people. This isn't fun at all. No, I actually got a bit more interested into uh, music production and all, oh, and good. all that. Because at my, at my school, they had these uh, sequencing labs where they had all, all this equipment. They had uh, this program called, called the Logic and you're a filmmaker, right? So, you know, so um, basically that's, that's our, mm, that's our yeah. premiere pro. So, um, and that's how we make our, and that's how I make my music. There's also other programs, but I mm. mostly use uh, Logic. So, and then there's also Sibelius, which is, yeah. So which you notate music. So basically it's like uh, the final draft, the final draft version yeah, of music uh, composing. Right? Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So I just got way more interested into that. And mm. I was like, huh. And halfway through the semester, I was like, this is what I want. This is what I actually want to do. Right. How do I do more of that? And and uh eventually started segueing into more more and more into that learn how to properly write uh actual mm-hmm. form and everything getting a bit more orchestral stuff even though it wasn't the greatest but i started initially writing um solo piano music because that was the easiest and i'm a pianist so that's what i that's what i was right. comfortable with so for the first year for the first few months i started doing that and then uh slowly uh, taught myself orchestration because um i couldn't really afford a private piano teacher so i just bought like all these books learning learning the different ranges and all that a rough a rough Mm -hmm. estimate and then slowly started to uh make my first my first uh solo piano album which we will not talk about what what Um, and let me say it was (laughs) that the one on uh that you had on spotify or is that one not around um so I've been listening Spotify, to some of your music this week. Spotify, yeah, yeah. I I need to figure out which how you feel about each one. <laughs> um. So, uh, back mm-hmm. in 2011, um, I think I I messed up because I had a artist name called Paul Miles Zambrano, and that was like where I had all my. That's where I had the the, the piano album "Expect Nothing Distort Everything." Oh, and and then when uh. When I did my when I released my first soundtrack album, I I just uh, typed in Paul Zambrano and I couldn't and it made an entirely different artist page. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So I was like okay, and it seems and it appears it's a pain in the ass like merge those. <laughs> so I was like okay, screw it. I'll, I'll, I'll just use Paul Zambrano. So the only, so that so that album is under Paul Miles Zambrano if you search on Spotify and then everything else everything else is just under Paul Zambrano. Yeah, I think that's what it was because I I was listening to a couple of them and then uh I think I found the the profile that had yeah, it's just Paul Zambrano. So it had like the newer stuff. It had like your yeah. like your latest stuff. So maybe I'll go back and see if I can find the other ones, you know, after we're done. <laughs> Got some yeah. stuff, but yeah. What what have you learned from that experience? So, like after you did your first initial project, recording project, I learned that my production chops need to get better. I needed to get better at mixing to mixing and mastering to like a to like an actual uh, listener level because I didn't I didn't have that skill. And uh, even though I had help, there's still there's still huh. I can mm. this can be definitely better. So I learned I wanted to do get better at that. Um, number two, I needed to sort of say kill the piano. I I need to uh 
broaden my horizons a little bit, right, for different instruments. So yeah. So I started to do that. And every time I try to go back to the piano, I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. So so you would say that probably piano is your safe space, right? Like if maybe there's something that isn't working out, you're like, maybe if we do a little bit of piano, it'll it'll kind of come back down to earth. You know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So I try so I try to avoid it as much as possible as much as possible back then and uh started experimenting with different stuff uh and it was it was actually pretty cool that but which led me which led me to a year later where i scored my first short film um which i don't know where we can find it because it's like a small indie one and i learned right then and there that what i write for a, a movie or a video game or anything it's not my music anymore it's what the director wants because it's their movie their project so it's it's sort of relieving, but at the same time creatively uh, creatively uh, restricting. But 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 it's all but it's all fun because he won like a piano theme in it, and and which I, and I obliged no problem and uh, really taught me a lot like how to how to uh, communicate how to revise how to mm. how to uh, do that and uh, the rest is pretty much history. And I've done like small stuff here and there uh-huh. when I was back in Florida. This is a this is a pre pre LA. Yeah. Fast forward the next few years didn't really matter because I was just like really stressed out with uh school and trying to finish and graduate, oh, yeah. save money yeah. to move to make a big make a big move. And then fast forward and then fast forward. This was like summer of 2014. So we're gonna fast forward to January of 2016 when I first arrived to LA. Mm-hmm. A bit bit more wiser, a bit have a bit more a bit more chops, but still a bit rusty. <laughs> and so what my professors t- told me to do is uh, try to get an assistant job oh. working for a composer, and that didn't that didn't really work out for me. So, but I still try to get that big book of contacts and just contact every single person, every single composer, every single place. Are you hiring? Are you, mm-hmm. are you hiring? Are you hiring? No, no. So that was that was like the first few months, and I was desperate because I didn't have a job, and I eventually uh, just to get money started driving for uber started delivering yeah. and all and all that and it wasn't until may i got my second i worked on my mm-hmm. second real short film and then after that i worked with him again started doing cold emails again got it got my first uh, got my first feature and uh and then later down that end of the road i started working on uh binlow's lock oh, okay binlow's yeah. locker so that's 2017 right around that time or um late 2016 late 27 and that and that was actually and that was like more of my introduction into sound design, sound design stuff because Andrew, um, the director, wanted a sort of cyberpunk type of stuff. So you know how you know how someone told me to kill the piano back in 2014. So now I need so now I need to oh. learn how to kill the orchestra in a way, in a way and learn like being a bit more experimental because at that time, even now, orchestral orchestral music and indie setting is a bit a bit out of date. People want like a bit more something something different something different yeah does it is it is it just because like it just doesn't align with the scale of it like one of those things that doesn't line up visually i would say i would say so but but uh say so because you can't in a way because you can't score because you don't want like a big john williams score as someone's just like walking around in a field <laughs> being all contemplated with the voice right over. right so so I, so i would say that and also every filmmaker just wants to be is like under pressure to be that next big thing try to be a bit more innovative sure. and, and all that which is which i respect. 
So, so with that, I'm, so with that, I assume that a score, the score needs to be on that scale of their, of their vision to Mm -hmm. be like creatively different. Yeah. So after, um, Binlow's locker, uh, where'd where'd you go next? What was the next thing that you did? Then I worked, then I worked with the, uh, same, the same director of a fighting chance. Um, I'm sorry to you listeners. That was my first film in L, uh, short film I did in LA. And then we did the next film, which is, uh, the only way, which was like a boxing movie. And he wanted some, uh, big, and this was like a chance to get a bit more ep- big and epic. And because there was like a boxing scene and everything. So that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Mm. And unfor- and unfortunately, uh, during the process while I was writing, uh, he had, an, he had an accident and passed away. Oh. And his dad, I know. And his dad was a producer on it. So um, he still wanted to finish it. And what we did is uh, we, ra- we raised some money to uh, do like a small, to uh, do a small live string recording at a studio. And we actually, and we surpassed it somehow. Oh, that's amazing. I'm sorry for your loss, man. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I know. It's, it's all right. But, um, so yeah, that was my first experience, like, uh, doing, uh, doing live players and learning, learning the studio environment and how to, uh, run a session as effectively. Yeah. Unfortunately, the tragic circumstances weren't, weren't that yeah. great, but what was the, uh, what was the big tech takeaway being in a studio and sort of managing that space for you? I mean, obviously given the, the nature of what had happened, you know, that's got to add another element of of difficulty there but what were the things technically that that were difficult you know to begin with i would i would say um taking what i wrote on midi and making it playable for the uh the musicians because you can because sometimes they're not as what you play on the computer is not always reflective of Mm. what an actual player can do so i guess i had to make sure of that and what, and also had to make sure that everything was aligned because my program, uh, Logic, you had to make sure it was it synced perfectly with Pro Tools, which what they used. Oh, wow! Yeah, so, so I had to make sure all that was in place. Make sure, uh, make sure the music was was written correctly, and then and then also um, just managing your time. It's like you have this much, and you want to get this much done as much as as uh, quickly as possible mm-hmm. and luckily and luckily the players were great yeah so didn't have much didn't have much trouble with that oh cool. cool one of the things that i'm interested in is is how like you gotta find time in your day to really manage all this shit i mean you have you have the the musical pursuit but then you also have to survive you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta pay your bills i mean what has that balance been like for you have you been able to find things that work um to to continue um moving forward with a with a musical pursuit well well first of all i don't want i'm not going to be that starving artist who uh quits his job and survive and just does it 100 percent because i feel like you have to be rational in some cases because you also could have to, you got to survive and all that and some some might disagree with me with me saying oh you have to be in it 100 percent or else you won't get anywhere, get anywhere but yeah i disagree i feel like there is a certain degree of time management that has to be involved like uh like this like this year this year i was like okay i'm gonna sit around this time and this time and re and uh sort of refine my my call my uh, re outreach mm-hmm. because it 
pretty disorganized at once. And after like two or three emails saying, Hey, do you need a composer? Do you need a composer? I was just like, ugh, ugh. So, <laughs> yeah. So what I do now is, uh, I set time and, uh, to search one, one day to search and then make a list and then, uh, start, start going rapid fire. Cause I have all the contact information, all the stuff there. So I just do that as much as possible. Mm. And it's actually worked out great. Yeah. So the networking you would say is a big part of this, like just, uh, yeah. you know, not be afraid of cold calling, not be afraid of reaching out and saying, oh, yeah. Hey, you know, if you need anything, I'm here for you. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's strategy kind of works for you in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and luckily, and luckily, um, uh, people and uh, some of the emails, I they do like listen to the music, but they haven't reached out. Mm. So that is a plus because I use this um, program called Real Crafter, and it's a it's a great service. And what basically what you what they do is uh, that aside from all a uh, bunch of great features, they they have like email notifications on the link. So when when you send off a link, you get a notification of oh, that your reel is opened. Your oh, reel is open. Cool. Yeah. And even though I didn't get a response, I'm like, huh, people are listening. So I guess I, I, I would guess that's a win. Yeah, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Coming back to, uh, to influences here, you mentioned, uh, Bernard Herman a lot. Can you tell me a little bit about that influence and how that got you, um, got you thinking as a, in terms of a composer? I would, I would say, um, I like, I like doing more darker, darker brooding type of serious serious content and just the way he approaches his uh the way he approached scenes and everything mm-hmm. it it's basically i was like yes 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 <laughs> even though even though it's not even though it's not uh not the type of style he does i want it i still want to do it like his techniques you know nice nice so can you tell me about your partnership uh, with your friend Ennio Tangochi? You guys did an album together, is that right? Um, yeah, so trailer we do like a bit of we do like a bit of trailer music here here and there. We've written for a we've written we've written tracks for like a few uh, publishers mm. back two years ago. And that's unfortunately been on and off, but I hope I'm hoping to get back to it when I have when I have the time. But cool. Right on the bright side, we did get a few uh placements. Um, one of the big ones was the uh, Matrix Resurrect was something on the Matrix Resurrections. Oh, nice! Very was, cool. And, uh, yeah, they so they use like a few of our stems in one of their interactive trailers. Oh, wow! So that's that's pretty cool. So when you're working with trailers or scoring trailers, um, in in this type of service that you're providing, are you creating just uh, like temp pieces, or are you creating just um, like uh, a piece of music that can be broken up into stems? for them to kind of mix and match. Is that kind of how it works now? Yes. So you don't, so you don't like, so when it comes to trailers, you don't score, you don't score the trailers. You basically, basically how it works is the publisher comes up with these different albums and you, uh, you write, you write several different tracks and then whenever, and when they're pitching to trailer houses, they, they're like, Oh, I want to use this one, use this one. And then they piece it together. Oh, wow. Wow. How do you feel about that? Is that is that kind of like something that you got to get used to in the in the composing business now, where you have to be okay with the things working in like pieces rather than like the whole thing? Oh yeah, of course you have to you have to adapt to different things, and there's always a way to make mo- to make money, and uh, you just have to accept the fact that the industry changes, and you have to learn how to change with it. 
what would be your ideal project? Like if you had like in your heart of hearts, the thing that you wanted to score the most, what type of work would that be? Oof. Um, I would say, huh? That's a good, that's a good question. I think off the top of my head right now, like, I guess a lot, a, uh, Latino Hispanic version of the Witcher. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but, but not, but not like make a, a Latino version of the Witcher, but something in that, but like something in that same vein with the same, uh, gory, gory, uh, action and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something. To, and, yeah. To kind of sink into, we need to, we need to find a Latino Henry Cavill, uh, to do that. I think that'd be, that'd be pretty good. Um, let me think about that. See, see what we can do. Uh, <laughs> is, is there a, a, like something from your portfolio that you're really proud of something that you feel really represents your work, uh, in the best version of you that you've done, maybe something that speaks to you more than others or something like that. Um, publicly <laughs> stuff that I can't, uh, that I can actually share. I would say, uh, the death is beautiful album because because that was like a, that was written in a really dark time of my life. Mm. I think a lot and a lot of all our lives, and I think it was good just to uh, break bring the story out a bit more and uh, just be creative, both story wise and music wise. Right, right, and that's actually one that I listened to this week that I really enjoyed because it does kind of touch on a lot of the things that you you say influenced you. You know, there there is that kind of like darkness. There is. <laughs> of foreboding, but then you have moments of piano that come in and, and make it lighter. Um, yeah, yeah. and I, I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was pretty awesome. Oh, thanks. Do you feel that it cured a bit of that darkness that you were going through? Um, I would say yes. I would say yes and no. Um, because, because, uh, cause that, cause that year it was, like I said, it was like a bit of a bit of a mental, mental low for me. So, Sometimes and then uh after and then after a few things a few things happened and I was like in a better state of mind mm -hmm. and going back and going back to that this is like early 2021 and then going back to that I'm like huh this brings back old memories and I did there was a time where I couldn't even listen to the album again because it just like brought back old habits old uh, old mm. thoughts wow. and, and I, but now but now I listen I listen to it again I'm like huh this is actually if it brings some brings that back then i guess it, it did its part yeah maybe it's a matter of time but i i do think that uh you you were able to express something that was really beautiful but that it, it felt like healing to me in a way you know um not not to say that you know that art will completely cure everything but but there is a, a sense of healing there in that in that yeah, album. of course um now going back to when you were younger you you mentioned you were you were homeschooled um, just mm -hmm. to kind of backtrack for a little bit, was that, was that a difficult time, you know, like being, being a creative kid and kind of being, being uh, homeschooled and, and somewhat isolated or is that what it, what it was like? In a way. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, to be honest, I don't really remember much. I don't remember much of it. Some, some things I remember. Mm and other things i do but it's just like all all a blur to me right now because i'm trying to uh have a bit more of a positive outlook and there's some a lot of negatives that happened during that time mm -hmm. so uh, i'm trying to uh not, not blend on that no no worries man um 
but uh, I I think um you know looking on on your life do you think that art has been something that has that it has helped you along emotionally uh to to express some of this to to heal in a way from from some of the things in the past absolutely 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 and there and there was a time and there's something i'm learning to do and uh i think i think it goes with um i'm actually looking at this and you know how you train train a dog train a dog and if they're doing something wrong you redirect them yeah yeah now that now that now that i realize that's what i was doing when i was like feeling sort of self-loathing or self feeling self-pity i'd be like uh this i'm feeling this way sucks and then after a while i'm like oh wait i can redirect this and make make art with it (laughs) so that's what i started doing and then i got out of and the more i did that the more ruts i got out of Mm, right right no that's that's great what do you have uh going on right now what are you working on right now i'm trying to uh build my youtube channel by releasing music every every week hopefully that can happen and oh nice yeah yeah so because ever since i ever since i got runner up on that uh on that competition it's driving more traffic to my youtube channel so i'm yeah. gonna capitalize, capitalize on that a little bit yeah so sure. Look, looking at uh like competitions and stuff like that and getting your your work out there how much of of a composer's job now is is just straight up marketing like uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. what's a percentage of that I would say about 60%. So you got to have a schedule for that too. You got to. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like when I first when uh, this week with my puppy still uh, with the first week, with my puppy, I really had it any time. So if I did have time and she was like, I chose that time to send out emails to, uh, <laughs> and uh, pitch myself. Yeah. So, yeah. So I feel like if there's nothing, if I don't have time for anything, I'll just make time to, uh, to do that. Just talking about gear for a, for a quick sec. Uh, what do you like about your setup now? What are some things that that really make your life easier for you as a composer in your toolkit? Just being as minimalistic as possible. Like all I have are just like these two speakers, this MIDI controller, um, this ring I ring I use. I can control some stuff from it from my fingers, which is amazing. And then just the piano as well. And interface microphone headphones and that's pretty much all i use nice like i don't have any fancy synths or anything so just try to keep it as simple as possible and right right. no that's amazing man uh i think uh maybe you're you're looking for speed right just the the speed of accessibility there Yeah, yeah 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 so what what's your schedule look like now for uh for composing um it right now it's pretty random with the new year and with the new year and everything and I'm hope I'm hoping to uh, I'm hoping to like dedicate a bit more evenings to to writing and sometimes mornings and if I have time during the day. But with my job with uh, my job, um, it allows me to be home sometimes and everything. But I can't always rely on that. Mm, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, that's basically. So uh, I just got a couple more questions because I don't want to take up too much of your time. But you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit. But what? What can the arts do for us, especially, you know, music, especially movies? Why do we need these things now more than ever? What's what's the deal there? I think we need it more than ever because, number one, we're still in an isolated state of, state of mind because of the because of the pandemic. And people need people need content to uh, 
get their minds off of the world. Um, and also, we need we need art just to for the sake of for the sake of art. Because when we go to the grocery store, we're hearing we're hearing music. When we go, when we're uh, when we go watch a movie, there's art. So art is a big major component in our everyday lives, and we don't even notice it. So I I want I challenge someone to uh, live with a day without any art. Even the shape of this coffee cup that that I'm holding, there's art that goes into the shape and everything. There's shape into there's shape in our uh, in our chairs and our bed and everything. So that's all that's all like an artist artist work. So basically, if that that was all taken away, there's we would have like a pretty uh, bland life. I love it, man. And last question here, I want to ask you: what are some what are some things that you're watching? right now or things that you're listening to that you're experiencing that you want to recommend to somebody else whether it's a movie or an album or something that something that's going on right now what what are something that people really need to get into right now i'm watching right i just finished the witcher and uh right now i'm currently watching arcane that was a selfish question because i gotta know what you're up to too so maybe i'll (laughs) get some new shows um, but yeah, man, is there anything that you'd like to add now about what you're working on or, you know, anything else that you'd like to include so folks can find you? Um, not at the moment, but just, uh, stay tuned, stay tuned, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Cause I'm going to start posting stuff on there and I'm hoping this is not a guaranteed thing, but I'm hoping to have like a, a for another concept album by the end of the year. Oh, that's amazing check out the YouTube channel. I'm going to subscribe, but, uh, I really thank you for your time, man. And for the beautiful music that you're making, you're, you're doing a lot of awesome stuff, Thank you. but, uh, yeah, I'll see you around and, uh, take care. All right. Take it easy.